Today on Locked On Canadians, we talk about picking up Chris Tierney off of waivers, what is going on with Kirby Duck, and tons of mailbag questions. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 792, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick, and as you can see, my co-host Scott Matla is off on vacation, and we wish him a safe trip and a wonderful rest. I'm flying solo right now, and I think before we dive into the mailbag questions, we should talk about picking up Chris, Chris Tierney off of waivers, as well as the Kirby Docs situation, because they are clearly related. Uh, so earlier today, the Canadians, I'm recording this on Thursday night, uh, the Canadians released some medical updates. Um, one of them was concerning, and I'm going to read it word for word. Forward Kirby Doc won't join the team on the road in Philadelphia. Doc was earlier diagnosed with a non-COVID-related illness that has sidelined him since February 16th. Through the course of further medical evaluation and testing, it was determined that the illness-like symptoms were related to a lower body injury. Kirby Doc's medical situation is his business. His health situation is his business. We are not entitled to know what's going on, although obviously in sports it's customary to uh, inform fans of what's going on, inform the public of what's going on. But um, the fact that it's it's continuing to drag on this long um, was already kind of a concern. Didn't seem like they really knew what was going on or, you know, it was dragging on a little bit. And then... Today, the Canadians picked Chris Tierney off of waivers from the Florida Panthers. Um, and that to me, I mean, obviously it's not it's not a clear replacement in terms of, you know, provide what, what he brings to the team. But needing another body up the middle, that's the part that's concerning to me. I, I can see what the Canadians are doing. There was somebody available on the waivers, so they picked him up. He's not a terrible player. He's just kind of some guy. Um, I also, for whatever reason, have a visceral reaction to anybody that's even associated with the Ottawa Senators. So there's that. Uh, but I just think that it's kind of like, I understand the insurance that the, the picking up the body is insurance. I just, I want to know what's going on with Kirby Doc. And I want, not, not, I want to know what, I want to know that he's going to be okay. Like, that's what I want to know. Uh, in terms of the others, obviously, um, you know, it, it was Armia, uh, Weidman, Edmondson. They're kind of day-to-day or week-to-week. The one thing that I'm kind of worried about is just there's really still no update on what's going on with Sean Monaghan. That's also a concern for me. So I do think that, you know, we have talked about the Canadians not being as transparent uh, as they could be with this kind of thing. At the same time, the, these players are entitled to their privacy. They are entitled to their their health status being kept private. I just I just want to know if they're going to be okay or not. Like that's that's all that's all I I worry about. Uh, and so obviously, whatever's going on with Kirby Duck, I hope he gets well very very soon. Uh, in the meantime, uh, there is a game tonight 
the time you're listening to this against the Philadelphia Flyers. It feels like another tank bowl. I have long been a sort of a, an observer of the, I get accused of being a Philadelphia Flyers fan a lot. Um, I, I have enjoyed, I enjoyed the, I guess the Richards and Carter era in terms of, you know, they were very physical, but they weren't goony. They were physical, but good. Like literally they had talent and they were tough. That's the kind of, that's the kind of hockey I love watching. So I appreciated the Flyers at that time and what they brought to the table at that time. Uh, but today's Flyers just don't really interest. Like I don't, I don't like them. I don't have an interest in them. Uh, they also employ some players that I really dislike. It's it's no longer the Flyers that I used to appreciate. So um, I just, I don't really know what to say about the game other than I hope both teams lose. Um, I, I know that people are getting a little bit nervous about the Canadians draft position. Uh, I don't think that, I don't think that it would have been reasonable to expect to get the first round, the first overall pick, sorry, two years in a row. It just, it's not a thing. It's its not a likely thing. So I think we kind of have to be content. And if, if they can get into that top five, I'm going to be happy. But I think we kind of have to be content with just kind of, they're going to be hovering around six or seven. Um, they're, they're, it's a step above last year. It's a step forward from last year, which I know is, it's not what we want, but at the same time, and this is, this is something that um, a listener has requested. And um, we are going to talk about sleeper picks that are available in that five to 10 range, maybe even five to 15 range, depending on where the Florida Panther Panthers end up. Um, we talked prospects with the wonderful Hattie Kalakesh yesterday, but there wasn't enough room for that. So obviously either Scott or myself will bring on more or both of us will bring on more public scouts uh, to talk about this kind of thing and to talk about some sleeper picks to talk about who Canadians fans can be interested in uh, that might be available where the Canadians draft. And I don't think I, I understand that perspective. Sometimes I see a lot of despair in our comments, in our mail, um, like despair that the Canadians aren't going to get another game breaker like Fantilli or Bedard. I think that it's a long shot for lots of teams, but teams are able to take high picks, not necessarily the top two picks or top three picks. They're able to take high picks and turn solid teams, get solid teams out of them. So personally, I'm not too, too worried, but I kind of get it. I kind of understand. So I just, I want the Canadians, if they're going to lose, at least make it fun. That's all I ask. If they're going to lose, make it fun. But also don't lose to the Philadelphia Flyers. Like that's kind of insulting. So that's basically all I have to say about the game. I will obviously cover uh, the weekend games in the three up and three down on Monday. Uh, so we'll get a little bit more into that. And I might have a bunch of special guests coming up next week, uh, which I'm really, really excited about. In the meantime, it is time to turn our attention over to the mailbag from all of you. But first, uh, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you've listened to the show at all, you will know we absolutely love Built Bar. It is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And now all of the Built Bar flavors are available online at builtbar.com and we do have a promo code for you, but you can also find their most popular flavors at Sam's Club or Walmart you know, things like cookies and cream, the churro, like really the ones that are the, the most popular ones that we talk about all the time. And they're so delicious. They're definitely worth, you know, either a trek to Walmart or Sam's Club or just ordering them online. And you can go to builtbar.com 
and enter promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. And remember that these bars are high in protein, low in sugar, absolutely delicious, and they fit into your lifestyle. They're made with real chocolate. So don't miss out. Go to Sam's Club or Walmart, or you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order of Built Bar. All right, so we had a lot of mailbag questions for this week's mailbag. So I'm going to try to get through as many of them as possible. And if I have to push some to next week, I will. Um, we are getting one from Zachary on Twitter. Happy David Ayers Day. May we never forget. Um, and yes, absolutely. For those of you who are newish to hockey a couple of years ago, the Toronto Maple Leafs lost a game to an emergency backup goaltender who was their own Zamboni driver. As a Canadians fan, it was a delight to watch. But as a fan of hockey in general, that's not a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a delight to watch. So apparently that's the anniversary of this. This is the anniversary of that happening. Uh, so thank you for that reminder, Zachary. The question. I was wondering what you think a fair return would be for Jonathan Drouin and Mike Hoffman. So... I think that the closer we get to the trade deadline, the less the idea of a fair return is true. Because what's going to happen is that there's going to be a squeeze and there's going to be obviously GMs whose teams are on the cusp of making the playoffs or uh, might even go far. And they're trying to like complete their lineup or shore up their lineup and, and they watch other players go off the board and they come to the Canadians asking for Drew Ryan or Hoffman. I think that kind of increases. Like at this point though, for Drew, I really don't see anything more than a third rounder. And again, I could be wrong. I feel like the market is set by what other GMs pay or by what another GM is willing to pay and not necessarily what Kent Hughes is asking. So things might change. Uh, and for Mike Hoffman, I don't see much more than that either. I, I think he's, he's still got a year left, I believe. So there's a little bit of term. And Mike Hoffman is is someone you can use, so possibly a little more. But I, I, I just don't, I don't see it. I feel like the trade market is very weird and hard to read uh, nowadays. It's not about getting value. It's about getting the player before another GM gets them. Um, and there's, it feels like there's a lot of like games of chicken going on now as we get closer and closer to the March 3rd deadline. So I'm very, very curious to see what ends up happening. But again, like as we've talked about, because Jeff Merrick kind of talked about it on last Saturday's, um, hockey night in Canada, that Kent Hughes is not expected to make a lot of moves at this deadline. I don't know if that's, it's, if, if he's just kind of, um, saying that so more GMs will call him and offer more. Uh, or if he's just saying that because he does intend to be quiet at this deadline. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. But to answer your question, I personally, I don't think there's like, I can't say that there's going to be a realistic or good value return because we're in FOMO season. And, you know, the, the answer to that question would have been different in November, December, January even. Uh, so it's worth, uh, it's worth seeing what Kent Hughes can pull off. And if he can get anything back for these two players... I'm going to be so impressed. Just getting anything, not getting that. Getting anything would be great. Uh, we've got a, a really fun question from our good friend, the Bengals fan. Why is Samuel Montembeau a god? I like to have like theories about why, why and how players get this way. I think Samuel Montembeau is having a really great season. 
And I'm so happy to see him progress this far. We're going to get another goalie related question in a second, but I think what's really happening is that he's being given the opportunity, right? Like the Canadians picked him off of waivers for a reason is that the net in, in Florida was pretty crowded. Uh, there wasn't really a place for him. And even last year, he seemed to kind of be an afterthought with Jake Allen being injured. Carey Price, we knew, was long-term out. Uh, Jake Allen had a lot of bad luck with injuries. And then Caden Primo was supposed to take that step up, and he didn't. Um, and so Samuel Montembeau was just kind of like that, the guy. that He's just the solution to a dearth of goaltenders. But having a role, not having that wrist injury, and having – uh, potentially just, you know, better better coaching staff around him is is really bringing out more in Samuel Montembeau than I ever would have considered possible based on his based on his play last season. So I do think that, um, I mean, I know this was kind of a rhetorical question just for fun, but, um, but I think uh, you can't help but be happy for the guy. I think that's pretty much it. Um, so we got another question. Uh, this was also in the Twitter DMs and this was really fun. This was, I was complaining about the Holland Oates goal song in Toronto. I just, I, I just don't feel like it's a goal song. Like it just isn't like, it's not like it's a bad song or a good song or anything. I just think that a goal song should go harder if that makes sense. And so so our friend Daniel H on Twitter asks, if you could choose the Habs goal song, would you change it or not? And if if we could, what would we change it to? Um, I'm very, very partial to old school, like, quote unquote, hard rock songs as, as, as a goal song. Um, and I would love that in Montreal. I know it hasn't happened in a while, but I don't know. Anything by ACDC, I think, uh, definitely. Uh, and, and I'm aging myself very, very, very dramatically there. Uh, but that's some, that, that's a goal song I would want for, for any team, any hockey team. I feel like there should be more rock goal songs. And I think it has to do with the atmosphere. Like, I think that's the problem that I have with, with the Hall & Oates goal song. It's like the ho- hockey games don't feel like the atmosphere for a Hall & Oates song. Um, but I hope their dreams do come true. Actually, I don't. I really, I really don't hope that uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs dreams come true. So we've got a question from Hank on uh, YouTube. Which goalie do you see in Montreal trading in the offseason? And which goalie would you like to get in return? I think that at this point, they're probably going to lean towards keeping Samuel Montembeau. I know that sounds crazy, but uh, that's not what I would have said at the beginning of the season. Uh, I don't think that it would be a goalie for goalie trade. I think the Canadians will give up uh, prospects or assets. I know the the, the name Devin Levi comes up uh, all the time. Uh, that's definitely. I don't know if it's smoke or if it's if it's Habs fans wishful thinking, or if it's smoke that's coming from the Canadians camp. But that's the name that I'm sensing the Canadians will target. Whether they get him or not remains to be seen. But in the meantime. I have so many more mailbag questions from all of you. You really came through for me this week. So that's all coming up in literally just one moment. Okay. So, oh, right. So earlier this week, Scott and I talked about the Canadian's basket of favorite things. Like, so the, these charity baskets that are that they're auctioning off. And we chose some players um, where they were auctioning off favorite things um, to benefit the Montreal Canadian Children's Foundation. Uh, and, we, and we went through some. And... Um, 
This question is related to that, but first I wanted to say that um, our friend Jay Foster from Locked On Blue Jackets told us that when he was in Columbus, David Savard, currently a Montreal Canadian, uh, one of the things that he had in his basket was dinner for two and no qualifications. And apparently what that was, was that David Savard was going to cook a beautiful dinner for two, show up at the couple's house, and then drop the dinner off and leave. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. So this is a David Savard basket. I just thought it was really funny. Like we were talking about the baskets and that, and that's what, what Jay brought up. And so the question that we're getting on YouTube is, could be a mailbag question if it hasn't been asked before. What would you put in your basket of favorites? So this is something where I feel like Scott would, would also answer candy, like all the younger players on the, um, on the Canadians that had candy in their baskets. And he would also have lots of energy drinks. That's a Scott thing. I'm calling him out because he's not here to argue with me. Uh, in my favorite things, it would literally be uh, spa gift card, 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 uh, potentially Lululemon gift card. <laughs> um, but I would, I would honestly, like, I would just like gift people massages um, or other, other therapeutic treatments. Uh, I'm a real big believer in, uh, self-care or capitalist self-care uh, as it were so that would that's what would go in my favorite things basket all right uh we've got a question from sebastian l on youtube question for the mailbag given the injuries and lack of production from the tradable vets i believe hughes will look to add former first round picks think jp or kraftsov in lieu of more 2023 first round picks who else might they target around the league? Looking back, he's already done this three times in the past year with Doc, Baron, and Bodain. Uh, this is actually an interesting question because I feel like in each one of these cases, it was a surprise. Um, I don't think anybody knew, for example, that Baron was available. Uh, certainly, even though it hadn't worked out in Chicago uh, with Kirby Doc, I don't think anyone expected Chicago to give up on him so fast and not even ask for a King's ransom in return. Um, and, and that was interesting. So I personally, like, I don't really have any thoughts on this, but what I am going to do is I'm going to keep this mailback question because I want to ask it of our guests next week. So um, we got an interesting suggestion uh, on YouTube. I don't think this is a mailback question as much as it is a discussion point, but I wanted to bring it up. What if Hudson can get the Wendell Clark treatment and be drafted as a defenseman, but end up playing as a winger? I wouldn't hate it. Um, this is basically uh, based on our episode yesterday with Hattie about we were talking about the prospects and, and uh, Hudson's strengths and weaknesses. Um, so I think it's an intriguing question. Um, and then we've got another question from Tyler L., Laura, do you truly believe picking a defenseman and a center is the best way to go with our first round picks? I understand what Hadi was saying, but wouldn't it make more sense to go for the highest skilled offensive forward that would be available with our two picks? Montreal has a lot of defensemen and the right side could be a free agent project or a trade project to fill that side. So I agree. So, And this is something that we kind of brought up when we were talking about this with Hadi, is that all teams should pick the best player available. Just literally, who is the best player available at that slot? Doesn't matter what position he plays, doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small. But as we've seen 
uh, particularly with, you know, NHL teams will sometimes after the draft release a little bit of the behind the scenes. The Canadians certainly do it. I know a lot of other teams do it. And a sense that I got when the draft was in Montreal last year, there were a lot of hockey minds in town and I got like the opportunity to talk to so many of them. And a sense that I get is that teams internal lists are absolutely nothing or have absolutely nothing to do with public scouting because what public scouting does is try to, and obviously everybody has their own biases, things that they give more weight to. Um, that's why you see some differences, but you'll see universally across the board. Usually uh, it's the same players in similar positions, right? Like your two and three might be flipped or like your, your three, the three for one scout might be five for one scout. It's very rare that you see like such a discrepancy, uh, when you're looking at different public scouts and the consensus, like it's it's a lot more of a consensus is because what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate any of the context and just try to look at the player as a whole. Uh, whereas a team usually has an identity. The front office usually has something that they prize or a, a, a skill set or a group of, you know, attributes that they prize over other things. So I think it's really, really interesting because what is going to end up happening is that they are going to draft for need because they all do. They all do that. And, and you look at that. And even if it's not specifically a player for need. Like they draft a player that they fall in love with for some arbitrary reason. Like maybe they really like the answer that the combine or like they scouted them heavily enough that they, that they, that they like them enough. I don't know, but it's not ever, it's never an exact science and internal rankings are very different than external rankings. And that became so clear to me last year um, when, you know, that, and that, that's, that's a reason that I always tell people, like, if you get a chance to go to the draft, please do because it's such an eye-opening experience. I have so many more mailbag questions, so I'm going to have to narrow this down, and I am going to ask the rest of the questions or go over the rest of the questions next week, uh, so don't worry about that. There's definitely going to be an episode with your questions. If I didn't ask them today, they will get asked. So my friend Megan had a couple of questions, and I'm not even sure if I can actually say, ask the question uh, on this family-friendly podcast or one of her questions. I'm going to try, but before we get to that, her first question was, finish this sentence. A recent study has revealed that 69% of NHL players, and I'm going to say, cannot make craft dinner. Listen, it's not out of the realm of possibility. If you've ever hung out with enough hockey players, which I have not, but lots of people I know, obviously, in the hockey world have come through hockey. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would screw up a craft dinner. Um, Megan's next question is, which is the funniest? Taylor Hall versus boating exams. Jamie Benn versus fill in the blank. Or Milan Lucic versus hockey. Now, I'm going to say Milan Lucic versus hockey because I know this is going to bite me in the butt. And the Canadians are going to tr take on Milan Lucic uh, next week <laughs> in the trade deadline. Um, and I fully expect this to happen. And so I'm trying to, um, by answering this question in this way, I'm trying to get used to this possibility or, or, or socialize myself to the possibility of Milan Lucic wearing a Montreal Canadiens jersey. Uh, our nemesis, I was going to say our good friend, Will Chris, our nemesis are like since day one of the show, we've been around for almost four years since day one of the show, Will Chris has been our nemesis and he's got a couple of questions for me. Question one, would you rather have nationwide high speed trains or a Hab Stanley cup win? So I'm going to be a weasel about this. 
Uh, the Canadians already have Stanley Cup wins. They, in fact, have 24 Stanley Cup wins. So I'm going to go for the nationwide high-speed trains because that would be so great for Canada and North America as a whole. Uh, due to the weather today, I think this is a great question from Will. What is the correct amount of snowfall to wake up to in the morning and how much would that amount change based on whether you need to commute to work that day? I live in Montreal. We have one of the best, if not the best, uh, snow removal in North America. Um, so for me, I love crunching in the snow. I like a good 10 centimeter snowfall. Uh, and um, I like I, my life is a hybrid work life, so uh, it's not too bad. But I'm going to say if it's like 30 centimeters, then I don't feel like going to work. But other than that, I, I love a good snowfall. I love the day of the snow and I love the day after the snow before they clear it all away. I just, I love, I love walking and like crunching and like in the snow. So, well, that's, that's my answer. Uh, another question. <laughs> if you were going to collude with grocery stores to fix prices on an item and didn't want to get caught, what item would you pick? It would have to be something that people would not really notice so for example let's say like like what is your average can of mushrooms right now like 99 cents right if that jumped to like 2.99 it might be more it might be 157 now i don't know grocery prices are crazy but let's say that your 99 cent can of mushrooms jumped to like three or four dollars you're gonna get suspicious and you didn't want it you don't want to get caught so you let you take something a little bit more something like canned artichokes for example or canned palm hearts um, and you jack that price up because you know what? I think it's happening. I think that price is being fixed. It's gone up so high. Um, and nobody's really noticed because it's like it's a quote unquote luxury canned item, right? Like it's a better whatever. It's a more expensive uh, canned item. So that's what I would do, Will. And um, I don't think I would get caught. So let's let's go do another hockey one before we go back off the rails. Uh, we've got our question from David G. What would it take for the Canadians to acquire Nick Suzuki's brother, Ryan? And do you think the Habs should pursue this brotherly duo? Uh, I really like the idea of Ryan playing in, um, in Montreal alongside Nick. I think that he's a little bit injury prone, or at least has had a lot of bad luck with injuries. So I don't really know what his level of play at is right now. Uh, or I don't really know if I have an accurate assessment of how far he's come, where he is in his development. So I don't know if it would, if, if it's something, and this question does come up a lot in our mailbag. People do like this idea and do bring it up. And I don't think Caroline is going to trade with the Habs. Like that, that's what I think the problem is. It's not what it would take. It's the fact that I don't think it's a possibility at all because down in Carolina, they're petty and weird and they're not going to trade with the Habs at least not this current ownership group and management. They're not going to trade with the Habs. For my final question, I'm going to ask a question from Scott, uh, my co-host, who I hope uh, is going to take this question to heart as he goes on his vacation. And he wants to know if you could drink top tropical, not topical, tropical cocktails out of one fruit besides a coconut, what fruit would it be? And I think the correct answer is pineapple you have to drink out of pineapple. I I don't, I'm trying to think of another tropical fruit you could drink. You can't drink out of a mango. You can't drink out of a papaya. There's only one answer and it is a pineapple. That's the answer to the question. So that's it for our current mailbag. There are other questions 
um, both about hockey and off the rails questions, as we like to call them. Uh, but I will ask them next week because we got so many. So I have to say thank you to all of you for all your mailbag questions. And next week, we're going to start with our three up, three down. Um, we're going to have our post-game San Jose Sharks with our good friend, uh, J.D. Young of Locked on Sharks, who we love very much. So I'm excited to, to have that post-game with him. Um, and it's really funny because the last time I did a post-game with him, the Sharks were here and Scott was on vacation. Um, and it was me and J.D. Uh, co-hosting. And this time around, it's a post-game. The Canadians are there, um, and Scott is on vacation. Uh, I also am lining up uh, potentially two guests, and they might be familiar faces that you like. Um, and I'm hoping to get someone new as well. So I've got a packed week next week. Make sure you do not miss it, even though Scott's on vacation. I'm still here every day. We're your team every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. You can mail more mailback questions to LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments. Just put mailbag uh, question at the beginning of your question or early in your, in, in your question so that I know it's not just a discussion point and I know it's something where you want us to bring it up as a mailback question. If I missed your question today, don't worry. It is coming. It's coming next week. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you on Monday.